Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. This podcast is all about what it's really like in the trenches of digital and e-commerce. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I've got a really fun episode for you guys today, and I've got Rosie Bailey here from Nibble. Welcome, Rosie. Thank you very much. Lovely to be here. Lovely that we found the time to connect because we're absolutely opposite time zones, aren't we? We absolutely are. I'm in Auckland and you're based in, in London, correct? Yes. Yes, that's right. So I think it's even tomorrow for you. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, we get the first day. I think we're one of the earliest countries in the world of the new day. So it's Thursday, nine, just after 9 a.m. for me, and it must be Wednesday night for you. I've just put the kids to bed. Yeah, at least we're able to hook up, which is very cool. We met via LinkedIn, and in fact, I'd put a call out for people to make recommendations of different technology companies or vendors or partners that have technology in the e-commerce slash omni-channel space, and several people put up their hands and said, you need to speak with Rosie, so here we are. Thank you. That's very exciting. And it's interesting because you mentioned, and I saw it from your LinkedIn profile, but you mentioned before we went on air that you've got this background in the commercial side of business, in investment banking, and you've been you've been non-executive director of other companies. So you've you've I read from your LinkedIn profile that you went the to the London School as well, the Sloan Masters in Leadership and Strategy through the London Business School. And you've also been the independent non-executive director of STEM learning out of the UK. So you've got this interesting background of the commercial leadership, but also now entrepreneurship as well. So it's an interesting blend. Yes, I suppose you could say it's the output of a very well-timed midlife crisis, right? I did 20 years in investment banking. Sorry about that for my sins. Loved meeting clients. You get a real privilege from you meet lots of really exciting businesses at really interesting times and you get to sit in the boardroom when they're making, frankly, strategically crossroads decisions. Right. So that's super exciting. Downside is, is you're an investment banker and all your colleagues are investment bankers, which is a shame. We, we do our best. And, and alongside that, I sat on the board of STEM Learning, which is the largest STEM education charity in the UK. And I'm very passionate supporter of making sure that everyone gets a great grounding in science and technology education. Whether you're going to be a scientist or a technologist when you grow up or not, I think it's really important. So that's what we do for them. And then, yes, midlife crisis hit. So I went to London Business School, which is marginally cheaper than buying a Ferrari. Um, and met my business partner, Jamie. And Jamie, to be fair, is the creative one who thought up the idea behind Nibble. But we wrestled it together. I'm a bit more perhaps data driven. I did maths at uni. So I'm a little bit dangerous on the numbers and the data. Also from the banking background, I'm quite salesy and quite outward facing. And Jamie's more on the product design and more on making sure that it all fits together really well. He's a prior entrepreneur. So we learn from some of his experience. So it's a really complimentary mix. Such a good thing. I had my prior business before being becoming a consultant back in the early days when I owned my own e-commerce pure play business. I had a business partner that was very complimentary and know how good that can be. He also happened to be one of my best friends and still is one of my best friends, not used to be. That makes it sound like he's passed away or something. But yeah, so we went into business together and he was very much the commercial negotiator. He had the background in product sourcing. He had the background in commercial negotiations and 
negotiating trade terms, et cetera. And then I had the background in e-com. So we were very complementary to each other. And that can work out super well when you have different skill sets because you tend not to second guess each other's decisions or recommendations because you don't have the same skill set as them because there's no no chance to, I guess, overlap too much. Yes. And I think you also have to be able to disagree in a constructive way as well, which like, it doesn't happen all the time, but it means that you work things through and because you come at things from different places you immediately jump to what seems the obvious conclusion to you and then the other person jumps to a seemingly different obvious conclusion and I think you learn a lot that way I think it's really exciting it certainly is and before we get into exactly what Nibble is and how that it works how did you guys settle on developing technology for the e-commerce space specifically so was there some sort of predisposed bent to this vertical or this space or was it something where you guys just said hey let's go out and let's look for a gap in the market that we think needs filling and let's see if we can fill it we probably did it all the wrong way we had an amazing idea fell in love with it and hoped that there was a gap in the market for it which is if you go to London Business School, that's what they tell you absolutely do not do. But uh, Jamie's background is mostly in e-com. He grew up, his family business actually was a fashion business, and he then formed his own business, which was an agency business. So he's grown up in e-com and online. And as a banker, most of my clients were retail and leisure businesses. And when I left banking, I sat on the board of a big leisure business called Forest Holidays. Definitely consumer-facing businesses is something we shared albeit from very different angles. And then Genesis for the idea of Nibble was a real life experience that Jamie had. His wife is Turkish, so he spends a lot of time out in Turkey and he was in the markets in Istanbul and he wanted a pair of trainers and he haggled for them. And then he came away from that experience with a big smile on his face and a price that worked for him and a price that worked for the seller. And he said, that was fun, cheeky and efficient. and how can we replace that fun and efficient and effective experience on e-com? That is a perfect segue into what Nibble is and does. And we did something before we went on air that I've never had any other guest ask me to do, which is, hey, go and if you haven't used my technology before, let's go and let's do a walkthrough of the technology very quick. It'll only take 60 seconds so that you can actually see how it worked. And then so we went ahead and we did that and we went to the demo on your website. And so Tell us a little bit about what Nibble does from your perspective, and I guess it falls directly in line with that whole haggling experience, but converted into a digital e-commerce age version of the product. Yes, exactly. You probably dreaded it when I said you must do a demo. You were probably thinking, gosh, I haven't scheduled enough time for this, but our demo is very quick and intended to make you smile and is something you can do without us. So it's something that anyone can do. And what Nibble is, it's a chatbot. It sits on the retailer's own website, so a direct consumer brand's website, and it allows the consumer to make an offer, and it resolves that offer and finds an agreement within about 60 seconds. And so through that chat, you have a natural language negotiation. And if an agreement is reached, which it is in about 50% of our conversations, the, the shopper can add to basket and pay out at the new price. A lot of people say to me, why would I want to haggle on my website? And I would say on eBay, they've been advertising that this improves conversion for years. And on marketplaces where many items are quite difficult to price, maybe because they're pre-owned or unique or specific to, to the circumstance, or maybe they're a service, I think negotiating a price is a good way of finding the market clearing price. But even for a branded e-com, 
I would say you're negotiating all the time because you're saying to your customer, I can give you 10% off if you sign up to my mailing list. Or if you buy three items, I can do you a better deal. Or loyal customers get 15% off the new season collection. And I can put all of those offers into a natural language chat. And honestly, we can find the win-win. We can find the situation that works for the customer and the situation that works for the retailer. Yeah, and you rightly point out that the, and I did test it, and we did try it live together and walk through the process together. And it is super simple. It is super seamless. It is super easy. And basically it says, it says, I'm nibble. I can help you get a better deal. Let's stop the clock watching and start negotiating. And it says it's the, what the product is listed for. And then you basically make a reasonable offer and away we go. And I started with a stupid offer, a ridiculously low offer, and that wasn't accepted. But then we so negotiated back and forth until we arrived at the minimum off, minimum offer that was able to be accepted. And then what you explained to me further from that is effectively that discount would be applied automatically for me at the cart level when I went to check out. And so very seamless, very easy. But I guess my question that immediately jumped out at me after this was, there's obviously a threshold at which the merchant has either set down to the SKU level or site-wide a certain percentage that they're willing to take as an offer below what is being sold as. And so I guess what we're talking about here is almost a gamification of the buying process to where if I'm willing to take a 10% discount, let's just say, let's just say hypothetically, I'm willing to take a 10% discount on every single item in my store in order to get them to sell via Nibble, I guess I could gamify that, add 10% to every item on my store, and then anybody who doesn't take the full 10%, I'm a winner on. Anybody that does take the full 10% or offer the 10% discount and I accept the price, then that's exactly what I was willing to sell for as a minimum anyway, and so therefore I don't lose. So I guess my question is then at that point, wouldn't generally, and I guess you can tell me whether you see this with Nibble in use, I started at a ridiculously low price and then went up in very small increments until I found the absolute minimum that what I believe is the absolute minimum the merchant would accept. Is that what most people using Nibble do? Do they go up $1 increments, $2 increments, whatever it is, to try to find the absolute bare minimum that is acceptable by the store? Or is there a limit to the amount of negotiating rounds that Nibble will accept? How do we get away from a customer on a merchant's website negotiating every single item that they want to buy on that website and say $1 increment? Okay. So firstly, that behavior is very normal on demos and very unusual on live sites. People, when they're shopping, they're really trying to buy that item. They're not trying to game, really trying to find a price that works for them. And so they approach it with a very different attitude. And that low ball and then going up in $1 increments is something we see all the time when people are testing Nibble and trying to work out how the software works. But that's usually on demo sites. So you'd be surprised. When people are shopping, they're in a rush and their choices at that point are spend 10 minutes looking for a vouch code or looking for that item on another website or spend one minute negotiating with Nibble to see if they can get a price they're comfortable with. And Sorry to interrupt. So basically you don't see in practice. So in theory, yes, they could do that on every single item they want to buy on a website and they could go up $1 at a time or because most people are time pressured and most people, once they to a website, they actually have high intent to buy if they've actually gone to an e-commerce website, whether it from, be from an ad or directly through a domain name, et cetera. So really, you don't see this behavior in practice. Much less often than you might think. And then we defend ourselves against it. So the people who behave that way get worse deals than the people who treat Nibble like a human. I see. Okay. So I'll, I'll look at your negotiation later, Jason, but I ha hazard a guess you didn't get the lowest price. You may feel like you did, but I doubt you did. 
Secondly, the rounds are limited. If you look like you're doing that tactic after a couple of rounds, Nibble will say, let's not waste each other's time. Let's see if we can meet in the middle at X and it will stop stop making further bids. At uh, that point, you're very welcome to close the chat window and start again. And what we find is a lot of people then start again with something much more reasonable and much more sort of human-like, right? If you are negotiating person to person, if you're trying to get a salary raise, you don't go in one dollar increments right because you know you've not got infinite time before your boss runs out of patience and if you behave that way to nibble you get a better deal and people learn that right so the people who do that come back a second time if you come back a third time nibble just doesn't engage nibble says look the best you got in the last two goes was this price and should we do it at that price or should we not waste each other's time because at the end of the day if the customer is trying to get a price the retailer is not willing to offer we don't want the customer to keep going and get more and more frustrated and angry it's no good for the brand, right? If we can't find a middle ground in two goes, it's normally because there's a sort of fundamental mismatch of expectations, in which case it's much easier to just part as friends. Makes sense because that's what happens in real life, right? So I haven't been to Turkey before. I'd love to go. It's definitely high on my list, but I've been to other countries where negotiating pricing is the norm, whether it be from Bali to Mexico to multiple other countries where haggling, particularly in market type environments is the norm. But again, you tend, even though you might know that haggling is the norm and absolutely expected, you tend, particularly when you're face to face with other human beings, you tend not to be offensive in your lowballing. You're not going to necessarily ask for 50% discount out of the gate, right? You want to try to get the best deal you can, but you want to at least make an initial offer that allows for negotiating room as opposed to being purely offensive. Exactly, exactly. And the closer we're working with the most senior professor of negotiation at London Business School. And if you want some great negotiation tips, you should look up his TED talk, which has been watched by several million people. And negotiation is really academically researched. And there's a reason why people like Diageo, big PFDG brands send their middle management on negotiation skills courses is you can learn techniques and you can get a better result. And so if you like, Nibble's been trained by the professionals and we, we recognize about 100 intents at the moment. And then an intent is something that you might write that Nibble needs to understand. So things like, do you offer free ship? I've seen it cheaper on Amazon. Are you sure that's the best you can do? Or it's a gift for my mother-in-law. I obviously can't spend that much. In, in the vein of that negotiation technology or that no negotiation research, psychological research, that research in many instances has also sprung out of many more dire situations, right? So hostage negotiation, suicide negotiation, etc. So we're, we're talking this whole field, this psychological field is much more broad than just necessarily commercial negotiations because the same human psychological triggers are at play in kind of both scenarios to a degree. And so this field is very broad. So I'm guessing that what gets learnt in one field is pretty transferable to another in the sense of negotiating tactics and psychology in the human brain. Totally. And we're pretty nerdy about behavioral science. The, 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 as an aside, the one I love, your argument is stronger if you give a reason. And the way to think about this is you're queuing up for the coffee machine in the office and somebody rushes in from the door and says, excuse me, I need to go first. And most people go, stand in line. Wait a second we've all been queuing. If that person goes, I'm so sorry, I'm late for a meeting, I need to go first, you're more likely to just let them in at the front of the queue. 
They give you a reason. It's a terrible reason. They shouldn't be late for a meeting. They should have been more organized. But you're more likely to let them to the front of the queue. So the equivalent in Nibble is we were on a fair trade coffee brand. Somebody lobel, they put 50% in that they wanted to buy a discovery box, a taster box for 20 pounds. And so they put in 10 pounds. And Nibble came back and said, it's fair trade premium coffee. That means we pay our farmers a fair wage. You don't want it for that. It costs us more to deliver to you. And of course, reiterating those brand values meant that person immediately jumped from £10 to £17. Nibble accepted the offer and everyone was happy. But that reiterating the brand values is good enough to justify to people why they shouldn't be lowballing. So sometimes the interaction is not just about the numbers. Absolutely makes sense. You hit the nail on the head. I think there's there's a couple of human triggers at play there in, in the coffee scenario, which is <clears throat> one, empathy. And two, reciprocity, right? You yeah. think to yourself, there might be a time in my future when I'm late for a meeting. I shouldn't be, but I am. And I'm hoping that somebody will have empathy with me in the same scenario. So maybe it's a karmic thing. Maybe if I show them empathy today, maybe I'll get some empathy for me tomorrow. And maybe I'll also get some reciprocity for me in the same situation uh, in the future. And so I think there's sort of probably more, I'm no psychologist, but I'm guessing that there's a whole lot of other human biological characteristics that lead to that same psychology recurring over and over again across humans. Yes, exactly. And there's another one which I'm giving out free negotiation advice. If anyone wants negotiation advice, I'm very good at that. For example, there's something called anchoring, which is if you can in a negotiation, if the situation allows, it's usually or pretty much always best to go first and to anchor the discussion around a number where you want it to be anchored. So in the case you gave when you said you you lobeled Nibble, in that situation we chose not to for certain scenarios, but we often choose that Nibble goes first so that not to expect 50% off. Makes sense. And in fact, you've pointed out a really smart thing that clearly Elon Musk knows the art of negotiation because if you've heard or read anything about his Twitter acquisition and his his tweet, his back and forth tweet storm with Stephen King, who said, I would never pay $20 for the blue tick mark. They should be paying me. And then Elon Musk went bad back and said, we have to pay our bills. How about eight bucks? And so yeah, Elon exactly. Musk put himself in the position where he was doing the anchoring instead of letting Stephen King do the anchoring. And it put him in a strategically advantageous position in terms of that Twitter negotiation. Exactly. And he gave a reason. We need to pay the bills. Yes. So he did both. He did both. In fact, we we would love to be, we could negotiate every single one of those blue check marks individually. That is what our business model is all about, right? It doesn't involve Elon Musk getting on Twitter and doing it one by one with all his famous friends. And we could do honestly minute each and find a middle ground for everyone. And probably maximize revenue for Twitter in the process. That's the objective. Because th the other thing that leaps to mind for me here is that for some people, their time is more valuable than their money. And for other people, their money is more valuable than their time or seemingly so. And so therefore, if I'm wealthier, for example, then I might, if I'm negotiating on a $500 watch, for example, I might not care that it's $500. I just want to buy the watch as quickly as possible. And so therefore I'll just add it to my cart and pay full price. But if my money to me is more important than my time, then I might try to negotiate down. But there's probably a limit to my negotiation where the value of my time and the value of my money meet psychologically in my mind. And it's different for different people. This has been studied in China. 
And there were two aspects that stopped people negotiating. One was the value of losing face, and that was similar for everyone. So the idea of making an offer, it being rejected, and this was on Alibaba, on the equivalent of eBay. So the idea of making an offer, it being rejected, and then you coming back with your tail between your legs and going, actually, okay, I'll take the list price. That is the same for everyone. And it's, it's valued in this piece of research, if you believe it, around a dollar a transaction. And then the wow. second piece is the value of the time. And on most of these platforms, like an eBay, would it be trade me for New Zealand? Trade um, me, correct. Yes. There's a time cost to it because it's a messaging device. It's a bit like emails or WhatsApp or SMS. And it might take a day. It might take half a day. It might take several hours. And so that time cost is then, this piece of research says, directly proportionate to your earning power. So people who have a very high earning power value their time very highly. And so therefore a day negotiating is a real pain. And then the people who have a lower earning power are more willing to spend that effort and that time getting a deal. But of course, Nibble takes that away completely because the loss of face is gone because no one cares looking stupid in front of a chatbot. You just close the window and start again. And the loss of time is gone because you're done in a minute. This is also why I suppose, and I experienced this on Trade Me recently because we're about to move country and so we're selling off all our things, most of it via Trade Me. And Trade Me has the, it gives you the ability to effectively make two offers, which is, hey, here's the auction. You can bid on the auction or here's a starting buy now price if you want to buy it right now. Now, once bidding has started, the buy now option goes away. But oftentimes, I'd say roughly 15 to 20% of the time, if you set the buy now price correctly, someone will just come along and say, oh, I can't be bothered negotiating or bidding, essentially, and I'm just going to take the buy now and I'm going to take it today. And in fact, literally yesterday, I had an item that I had set a buy now against, which I thought was a very reasonable and fair buy now. Literally within an hour of listing that item, someone hit the buy now and they're coming to pick it up today. So there's definitely two ends of the spectrum. It's not 100% of the time people take the buy now, and that can be a combination of of not enough people that value their time enough maybe looking at that item, or you've mispriced the buy now, so therefore you're not competitive in any way, shape, or form, and so they're willing to take the time to bid, or any combination of those two or three factors can come into play of whether someone takes the buy now. So this is all, I guess this gets played out thousands of times a day across auction sites around the world. Yes, and there's an increasing trend towards managed marketplaces where somebody sits in the middle of that takes the stock risk and for them that buy pricing that buy now button is quite tricky so they might have four jackets of the same brand of the same colorway in slightly different sizes but one might be a bit scuffed or one might be in perfect condition and so they know roughly what they're all worth but they, they don't know precisely and they've got so many unique SKUs that actually having a little bit of wriggle room around the edges and actually not being overstocked not having a complete ton in your warehouse is better motivation than than trying to hold out for the very very top price and we're ideal for that situation where you're roughly where you want to be but you're not quite sure and you've got a little bit of real room love it and now with e-commerce platforms do you have integrations for and how hard or how time consuming is it to get nibble up and running on your platform we've taken a very pragmatic approach to the technology in that you don't need any customer data to get started so that the customer doesn't need to log in or we don't need to identify them. And so as a result, the chat is very standalone. And the only thing the retailer needs to do to get it set up is pick a minimum price and then give us a strategy. 
So the strategy is basically maximize conversion, which means Nibble goes more easily towards the minimum price, but probably doesn't give the minimum price because we, we always give a slight range. Or you maximize margin, in which case Nibble tries really hard to get the best possible price for you, but at the same time risks losing the deal, right? So if you have high stock and you want to clear it, you might use maximized conversion. If you've got low stock and you want to maximize margin, you might use maximized margin. So that's the setup. And then the integrations, we've got Shopify, WooCommerce, and Magento with BigCommerce on its way. And Shopify, for example, it's five minutes to install, five minutes to set up your first rule, and then you can get going. Love this. And you were explaining to me also that this can be negotiated on a cart basis. It could be negotiated on an item by item basis. So you really have a pretty significant amount of flexibility in the way that you can actually configure Nibble for your business. We basically look at it three ways. We have clients who want to improve conversion on their website. And the majority of those choose to have Nibble invisible. And then it appears based on behavioral rules. So if the customer dwells on the website for a long time or revisits a particular item because they're thinking about it, they revisit the product page or they show an exit intent having dwelt on the page, then Nibble shows to try and convert someone. Because what we're doing is we're trying to stop that person, look for a voucher code or that item elsewhere, which apparently 60 to 70 percent of consumers do. So the, there's a maximized conversion use case where Nibble's invisible unless it needs to be. There's a clear stock use case where you might put it on the outlet section of your website and always try and maximize margin instead of just putting everything at 40% off. And then the third use case is to improve average order value, where you basically say, look, you can negotiate on the cart as long as you've got more than $30 in the cart or more than three items in the cart. And that's really great for people like beauty retailers who frankly don't make any money if they ship a lipstick. And can you have it be based on inventory count at an individual SKU level as well? Hey, when I get down below, when I've got three or fewer left of an item, then we trigger Nibble for that product because I don't want to be left with one or two units of a particular item. I actually want to clear those out when I get down to low stock level or the inverse. Uh, I could say this is a stock item that I'm always going to carry. So therefore, once I get below three units, I don't want to uh, engage Nibble because I know I'm going to restock this, but I, it may take me two weeks to, to get the stock in. So I'm not willing to negotiate on once I get below a certain value. I would guess that inventory values at some point play a part in whether you want Nibble to be engaged or not. Yes. Funnily enough, most of our clients at the moment prefer to take a slightly more manual approach to translating inventory into how they want to use Nibble. So they want to sit in the middle of that decision making that you've just described. So at the moment, it's not think over the next year that will be something we will develop it's not difficult to develop you you run a SaaS podcast it's on the roadmap must be almost like a mantra yes <laughs> but it, it's on the roadmap let me put it that way fantastic yeah yeah look you dropped out there for just a quick second but i got the end of it there which is that it's on the roadmap which is great to hear because i think that certainly a certain amount of automation or rules applied based on if i'm a, if i'm a seasonal business and or let's say i'm in fashion or something like that and i i live and die based on drops or seasons etc then i might definitely want to once i get down below a certain inventory level, I definitely want to try to promote those products to to finish them off and get them out the door before the next drop or the next season. Whereas if I'm a, if I have certain perennial products that just keep coming back or I've always got them in stock, 
etc then i may not want to discount once i get below a certain stock level so i think there probably are certain scenarios where that configuration option within the platform would be super beneficial Yes, I totally agree. And look, Nibble seems like it is really love the fact that you can make it hidden if you so desire, because I don't think that a lot of brands would necessarily want Nibble to be immediately visible on every single page and prompt them if they were planning on paying full price. Anyway, for those full price shoppers, we don't want to activate that. But I love the fact that you take either exit intent, I'm guessing if they hover over the X or if they try to navigate away from a specific product page to another page on the website, etc. Then obviously, if you're using some sort of exit intent or any other intent other than buying right there on that PDP, if you can effectively trigger nibble very transparently based on certain scenarios and use cases, then that feels like you're going to minimize the chances that you're going to lose margin, but you're going to maximize your conversion opportunities. Yes, totally. Our mantra is that the retailer or the brand has worked really hard to get the customer to that page, the product page. And the last thing you want to do is lose an interested customer because they just feel like they want to be made to feel special, right? That they want a little deal. And the risk, if they start looking for a deal on another website, they forget to come back in the first place. Yes, yeah, so it, it's very much about trying to maximize conversions, but without getting in the way of your full price shoppers. And I guess the reality is if they're really a deal-seeking visitor and they ultimately don't think they can get the best deal on your website, then they're likely to go to Amazon or some other marketplace where they will for sure oftentimes get a better deal, in which case you will definitely lose them and potentially permanently lose them to a platform like Amazon where they've got Prime and all sorts of other incentives to only shop there, right? Yes, but there are reasons why people shop on brand websites. One of the things that we can do is we can say we can put a gift with purchase into the chat, which is difficult to do on a marketplace, right? But it could well be you're buying a watch and you're getting a spare watch strap or you're buying we were on a karaoke machine lucky voice karaoke machines which incidentally was a must-have purchase in lockdown and people wanted one in five purchases says do i get a special deal if i add a second microphone so we could do those sorts of deals that is actually quite hard to do on marketplaces yeah, okay so that's very interesting and so nibble can actually make that offer so in other words if someone offers a price but they, it, the, Nibble can then say, I can't do that price. However, what I can do is give you an extra microphone with this item at no extra charge. Would you like that deal kind of thing? So it can negotiate exactly. on things other than price. Exactly. And it could be that thing could be free delivery, for example. So it effectively has the ability to manage cross-sells slash upsells throughout that negotiation process. Yes. Yes. Wow. So, sounds super flexible. Now, I noticed that from a pricing perspective, I was going to ask you how you guys make your money, but you make it pretty transparent on the website. Basically basic, which is free, up to 250 negotiations a month. Professional, up to 1,000 negotiations a month, 29 bucks a month. Then premium, unlimited negotiations. I'm guessing that particularly for high traffic stores and for high sales stores, that they're going to almost by definition be within the premium tier, which is basically just a percentage of converted sales, which is variable based on, on volume. So really, yeah. you have tried to build this to where it's accessible. You've democratized it, for lack of a better term, to where a small websites, there's a there's effectively a freemium offer here, which is which is basic if for up to 250 negotiations a month. Hey, use it for free. Yeah, if you're a professional. A try. Yeah, exactly. And it's virtually zero risk to the merchant in that scenario. Yes. So it just lets you give it a try. Because one thing that we find 
So two things we find. One is it's a different way of selling for most brands, right? Like it's a new way of selling and it takes a bit of getting used to. So people do want to try it and we do want to give them the chance to try it for free. The other thing is that we haven't talked very much about how much people enjoy it. And it's really interesting how much people enjoy it. And we've designed the chat to be witty and cheeky, gentle humor, right? And lots of people really engage. This is a gift or haven't you heard that there's a cost of living crisis, come on, Neville, do me a better deal, or my wife will kill me if I pay that much, surely you can give me a discount. These are all things people really say to Neville. There's lots of jokes in the chat. And we launched on one customer website, one marketplace the other day, and they announced that the opportunity to negotiate on their Instagram reel, and they got 4 million views of that reel, and 80,000 likes. And a whole ton of comments like, this is amazing, or introverts can now negotiate. It's very funny. And so if we don't let you do it for free, you can't really see and feel how much your shoppers really enjoy this. Have you thought about using Nibble on your own pricing on your own website? We're about to launch it, actually. That's so funny you ask. And I'm also venture capital funded. And our next fundraising, I'm hoping to be able to use Nibble to negotiate the pricing yes we're going to we're just developing nibble for our own SaaS page and if anyone else wants to test out nibble for SaaS, i'm really happy to co-develop it for them package i can't do you a deal but if you upgrade to the other package or sign up for 12 months that sort of thing love it this is a classic case of eating your own dog food so it's fantastic to hear that you're going to be taking those same concepts for from e-commerce websites and translating it into your own SaaS experience absolutely love that Yes, I'm excited about that because, as you say, when you develop it for your own use, you really make sure it works, right? (laughs) You have to. You have no choice but to make sure that it works. Now, you know, uh, what is, apart from some of the other features that we had already talked about there based on inventory, etc., is there anything that your customers are asking you for today that you don't do with Nibble that you would really like to add to meet that market demand? Or what is, if we look out over the next 12, 18 months of the platform, what is already on your roadmap that you think is the most exciting thing that you'd love to add to Nibble as soon as possible? There's quite a lot we can add, if you like, under the bonnet. The more data we get, the more we understand how customers negotiate in different circumstances. So we launched on one brand and they had a website in Canada, North America, the US and Canada separately, and Australia. And we launched simultaneously on all three, same product, same rough pricing expectations. And we outperformed massively on the American website. And we went back to them and talked them through and to understand it. And it turns out that the way people expect deals is very different region to region, day to day. And so actually, it's maybe a little bit boring, but the things that we can do the most with is make internal improvements in the chat as we learn more about our clients and their customers. We made one change over the summer, which I'm not going to tell you what it was because otherwise I'd have to betray all of our secrets. But we made one small change to how Nibble behaves and improved conversion across every single one of our websites by 40%. Wow. That is phenomenal. I guess that is the benefit of being a SaaS platform is that you are not just getting, you're not just able to run AI across each individual website and each individual account and improve it iteratively on that individual basis, but you're also taking the learnings across all of your customer base and you're folding those learnings back into the core of the platform. So basically as you grow, so does your ability to create better experiences for all your customers. 
Exactly, exactly. And because we charge a, on a success fee basis, we're very aligned. We really just want able to agree more and more deals with your and that and so is when I see, for example, up to a thousand negotiations, is that successful negotiations or is that just when Nibble is engaged? Just when Nibble's engaged. Now I guess that's and that makes sense to me because if a merchant was to because this without that rule, it would you're so reliant on merchants being reasonable in the rules that they set to help ensure conversion that if it was only based on conversion, then too much of that is out of your hands in terms of success. Yes. And to, and one of our biggest problems is merchants panicking about promotions and putting too many things on their website that then contradict. So one of our biggest problems is people get halfway through the chat and then they say something to Nibble, but I can see a better deal than that on the website. And there's nothing we can do about that. We're not choosing your pricing strategy. But of course, then they get irritated with Nibble for not offering the same as the promotion on the website. So one of our biggest challenges is to encourage people to properly A-B test this against vouch codes, 50% off flash sales, other things that they're trying. If you've got too much stock or you've done it the same way all the time, you know, it's very hard to do something differently. But we're embedded in, over the next six months, we'll be able to embed an internal A-B test so that we'll be able to actually test internally within Nibble different behaviors so that we can help guide people towards pricing strategies that might maximize their profit. Wow, that is incredible. Absolutely love it. I've never come across technology like this before. Do you have any competitors in the marketplace or anybody you consider a competitor? Or do you feel like the way that you guys do this and the way that you deliver it and what you've built is so unique that you really feel like you're operating in a pretty much a, a blue ocean environment? We haven't seen anyone doing this. Our closest competitors are eBay make an offer, human to human, peer to peer mm -hmm. selling, or there are some make an offer apps out there, but they're a form, right? And they're an instant accept. So it's a form. And if you're in the zone, you get accepted. If you're not in the zone, you get rejected, but put on a form. And then the retailer can choose to reply to you two days later if you want. But by that stage, you've lost the moment. Do you know what I mean? There's no proper natural language chat and when we talk to this professor of negotiation Nero who we're working with very closely the reason he was excited to join is he'd seen people trying to create a mathematical algorithm that sort of did a numerical negotiation but what Nibble does is it puts the emotive part in it and every negotiation is part emotive and part numerical and actually the outcome is much broader than just a number it's how it makes you feel and increasingly they're putting much more balls into the negotiation that aren't just the number aren't just the price free shipping is a great example it's not too emotional where it might have a list price of five dollars on the website the majority of your customers are city dwellers and then don't live very far away from your warehouse and your average delivery cost is let's say three dollars or four dollars so what the customer believes they're getting is the five dollar money off the for the free shipping, but what is actually costing you might be a lot less. Same goes for gift with purchase. Love that. And Nibble might just be the first chatbot I've met that I've liked, because this is literally, I run across chatbots very frequently online and generally absolutely abhor the experience. And if they give me an opportunity to speak to a human, I take it at the first opportunity. But Nibble was actually fun. It was actually enjoyable. So it's, it, I hate to almost admit this, that it's a chatbot I would probably engage with. It's uh, We have an absolute gem of a copywriter and an absolutely brilliant 
natural language team. I'll give you one example. If you say to Nibble, that offer, I'm going to need to think about it. Nibble mm -hmm. goes, don't worry, I've opened another tab and I'm looking at pictures of cats until you're ready. Love it. Love it. Absolutely love this. I love what you guys are doing with Nibble. It sounds super interesting, super cool. It's novel. That's what I like about it. It brings an element of gamification to the buying experience, which, as we all know, people tend to love. It also helps to improve conversion and improve retained margins without having to do broad-based counting or promotions. It also limits the amount of promotional advertising someone has to do in order to get someone to the website to convert in the first place. So I think this feels very much, you could even use this functionality as an ad itself. Hey, come and negotiate with us. You, there's lots of ways you could play this technology as a brand. There's lots of ways you could almost brand the experience as a brand. And I do love that about it. So I'm really grateful that you've built this platform that does something that really I have never seen anywhere else. And to your point of having competition, I've never seen anything like Nibble in the marketplace. So you guys have created something truly blue ocean. And that's always exciting as an entrepreneur, isn't it? Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, we've set ourselves up for a big challenge, but it is really exciting. It's really cool. We're all a bit in love with Nibble, to be perfectly honest. Love it. Now, we're at the point of the podcast where I turn the microphone over to you. I let you ask me one question, any question you like. So Rosie Bailey from Nibble, what is your question for me? I think, what was your last negotiation? Trying to think, that's a very, very good question. I think we were in Bali just before the first lockdowns and we were in a market and my wife absolutely hates haggling and negotiating. And so we were wanting to buy some flip-flops for her and she didn't want to negotiate, but the starting price in the market was more expensive than buying flip-flops in New Zealand. And so I felt obliged to negotiate. We ended up getting a, we ended up getting a really good price for the flip-flops. That's the last time I can remember haggling or negotiating for anything. Oh, uh, no, I take that back. I will almost always haggle or negotiate if I'm buying something person to person and it's secondhand, like a secondhand vehicle. That's probably the most recent time that I've haggled was buying a car, but definitely in a marketplace setting, it was Bali probably just over three and a half years ago. So I do love haggling. I do love negotiating. I'm a haggler myself and I love it to a degree, I love it when people haggle with me. I'm selling a car secondhand or whatever. If someone never expects someone to take the first price that I'm offering for something. And so I actually enjoy the art of negotiation. I enjoy the art of haggling when it's both being done to me and when I'm engaging with that with someone else. So I have no issues with negotiation whatsoever, but my wife absolutely hates it. it she just finds it demeaning and embarrassing. You guys are probably quite representative. We find it's 50-50. Half the people love it, half the people hate it. But I've got six-year-old twins. They negotiate over Pokemon cards. <laughs> Makes absolute sense. You can bring all of your negotiated learnings from your kids into Nibble. Exactly. It's an observatory. Now, if someone wants to get a hold of you or find out more about Nibble, are they best to just simply go to the Nibble website, which is nibbletechnology.com, N-I-B-L-E technology.com? Is that the best way for them to find out about you? Or would you prefer that they reach out to you on LinkedIn? How's the best way for them to find out more about Nibble? Find out more about Nibble at nibbletechnology.com. Find out more about me or ask me for negotiation tips in real life and find me on LinkedIn, Rosie Bailey. Love it. Rosie, have had an absolute blast of a time speaking with you today. I wish you every success with Nibble. Very cool technology. And I look forward to seeing what happens with Nibble over the next 6, 12, 18 months and where you take this thing. It's super exciting. 
fingers crossed. Thank you very much. Are you a merchant or software vendor that is focused on e-commerce or omnichannel? Then head over to greenwoodconsulting.net to see how we can help you scale your business.